just shut my work computer, so RIP to the people who <laughs> need to get in touch with me. Yep. I know that's how I feel where I'm like, well, all my Slack notifications are are hidden, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm wearing my fish wife shirt. Oh my god. Okay, this episode fucking rocked. I agree. It was so fun. It was a feast in every way that an episode of television can be a feast. The products were fun and great and relatable and like very, in some ways, creepily relatable to our lives. There <laughs> were laughs. I I probably cried. I learned very little, which is the mark of a good episode. This first product is one that we were so excited for. The first segment that we're kind of referencing here was for Fishwife, which I feel like we've mentioned on this podcast. I, I thought it would be like post Shark Tank at this point because it's it's all up in my Whole Foods, etc. But I mean, I'm I'm happy to see a brand that I love. I found out from some sleuthing that this episode was apparently filmed last summer. Last summer. Wow. Which makes more sense because you're right. I feel like it is everywhere now. But I even without seeing this episode, I I went to a a fishwife pop-up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you went to that. Where was it? It was in like Atwater Village. It was very like um I don't know what the New York City equivalent of Atwater Village is. Like I've never heard of that. It's like um it's you know what? It's kind of I would say Atwater Village is the Ridgewood of LA. Is the Ridgewood of LA, yes. Okay. I can picture it perfectly. There was a pop-up that I noticed that showed up on the fishwife Instagram <laughs> at a wine store. <laughs> Um, and I convinced Mimi, our friend Mimi, and uh, my friend Danny to come with me. <laughs> and we show up. And Alyssa, this wine store is mm, 12 feet big. Oh, my God. And there are people pouring out of the sidewalk. Mimi got there first, and she texted us, and she was like, I can't go in alone. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, this is. Was there, like, a line to get in? Almost. Like, not quite, but yeah. almost. Like, three more people, and there would have been. Wow. Yeah. I'm not and, surprised. I mean, it's a hot brand. But Becca was there at this event. Cool. And I was too scared to say <laughs> hi to her because she had – she. I, I don't normally get like that. I'll normally like whatever. I'll say hi to anyone. I don't care. But she had like a crowd of people oh, around yeah, her even within this. And I would have had to like break through a circle of people and be like, <laughs> hi, Becca. I'm Sylvie. Like plow through. Yeah. Like, and like, what do I have to say? Like, I love your brand. Right, like right, she right. knows that I'm at a fucking tin fish event. Wait, I have something unique to say. <laughs> right. It's had- different from what everyone surrounding you has to say. <laughs> uh, I like your product. I had nothing to say, nothing to add to the conversation. So I kind of just sent her like some good energy. If like you don't know what Fishwife is because we've been talking about it at this point for 10 minutes and have given no context for it. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a part of the, I would say like a, one of the largest parts of the current like tinned fish craze, which is another way of saying canned fish, fish in a can, <laughs> um, except everyone says tinned fish now. Um, but basically it's just like a very high end canned fish product. They have this like like smoked rainbow trout in the little like tuna sized can and uh, smoked salmon. And then they have like a partnership with Fly by Jing and they have like a spicy fish. And it's and it's like a smoked, you know, preserved fish in a can. And it's astoundingly good. It's like you're like, I, I can't believe I'm paying eight dollars for a can of fish. But it's so good that, uh, yeah, you you kind of, like, can't help yourself. So, anyway, so 
we have uh, Becca, which the founder, or more specifically, one of the founders of Fishwife, <laughs> presenting, asking for uh, $350,000 for 4% of her company, Fishwife. She puts samples of the different products in front of the sharks, each sort of like arranged in as like its own little mini dish. And the sharks try the product and are unsurprisingly completely blown away. Yeah, you do not expect to have this kind of sort of culinary taste bud experience when you (laughs) peel open a a can of fish. Yes, I couldn't agree more. The only bone that I had to pick, (laughs) and this is very specific to me, Becca in her pitch tries to make a case that like tuna in a can is dead, but I love tuna in a can. I love tuna tuna i just she was like no one's like no one wants a tuna fish salad with mayonnaise on a sandwich anymore and i was like i had that for lunch the other day and you know what something i'll say about the tuna sandwich which i have to stop myself from eating more than once a week because of the mercury levels (laughs) like if if tuna didn't have mercury in it uh i would be eating it every day for lunch it's the perfect lunch it's the perfect thing to like put on top of toast or yeah, in between some like soft bread. Here's the thing about a tuna sandwich, and the reason I think it doesn't connect with our friend Becca is it's not something that benefits from being dressed up too yeah. much. Like, yes, throw in a little crunch there, throw in a, a celery or yeah. like a garlic powder pickle or whatever. Yeah, a little herb, a little dill, whatever you want to do. I mean, not you because you hate dill, but a chive. Yes. Like, do your thing. I think you can add maybe two things to tuna besides yeah. sort of your binding ingredients, and then the returns start to diminish. Like I totally agree. Yes. No, if you're trying to mask the tuna, then you're not – you shouldn't be eating tuna in the first place. You should only eat tuna if you love tuna. And I think people are like, well, it's healthy, so I'll eat it, and I'll doll it up with a bunch of shit. And it's like, no, 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 no. No, no, Just no. find another protein. Even the sharks, like, they kind of balked at the 350K for 4%. But as soon as, you know, she started to sort of talk and, and as soon as they tried the products, they were like, oh, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Kevin asks sort of at the top of her pitch, he's like, okay, well, what's different about your fish? Like, what's different? And she does one of the ballsiest things I think I've ever seen a shark tank pitcher do, which is she goes, try it. Try it out of the can. Mm-hmm. And he takes a bite and she's like, yeah, it's good right out of the can. Like you're eating it right out of the yes. can. And I was like, oh, that is, a, were, that is a good move. She did share that while the tins cost on average $7.99, it's $2.09 to produce them, which like I'm never going to be able to get out of my head when I buy <laughs> this, when I splurge <laughs> on this. I'm just going to be like, it only costs her $2. It only costs her $2. You're paying 8 they're doing pretty well, and unsurprisingly, the sharks are, you know, multiple sharks are interested in offers. This was the second I thought mic drop moment also involving Kevin. Did you, okay, I don't know, I'm I'm curious if you picked up on this, but Kevin was like, okay, I'll do the 350K as a debt deal, um, where I want, over three years, I want you to pay me back at an 11% interest rate, and I'll get 5% equity. We should also mention, speaking of women in investing, that our guest shark this week is Cupcake Candace. Oh, Candace. Yeah. Cupcake Candace, who happens to know everything in the whole world that there is to know about tinned fish, evidently. <laughs> Candace she, gets so excited that she basically does the pitch for Becca. And I was so like, crazy. I was like, 
stop talking. Like, I respectfully, like, stop talking. I want to hear Becca. Like, I love Becca. <laughs> Candace might as well have gotten up there and had yes. Becca sit in her Eames chair for the amount of it. was just It was just Candace talking for two minutes straight, and then they just kept, kept cutting back to Becca just, like, nodding. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, that's right. Becca was like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely. And so, obviously, Candace... You knew Candace was cooking up a deal. Um, but as that was happening, Damon also threw out a deal. He wanted the 350K, <laughs> but he wanted 15 cents a can in perpetuity and no equity, which I thought was interesting. I was like, I could see Becca finding that like compelling, but people hate royalty deals. I'm not even sure why. Because like in perpetuity is just such a crazy, crazy yeah. thing and when you're doing 5.6 million dollars it's like okay you're gonna make that 350 back mark has said nothing this entire pitch and goes out i think that he maybe quietly hates it <laughs> i think he quietly hates it but he likes her so much that he's not gonna yeah. like say that mark seems like a maybe a picky eater so he's i'm picky. not that surprised he's picky he always and the, he has a strong reaction to food yes he's always making a face yep and then candace and Lori. Um, Lori mentions bordery, which is actually not the first time she's mentioned. She last week mentioned bordery with the rebel cheeses people. Like, um, is bordery's rent due? I, I know, I know. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Like, it is I, maybe, a fit. It is a fit. It but, is, like, like, it is for sure a fit. <laughs> but I agree. It is kind it's of funny. a lot of air like, time. Lori, you have other companies. Yeah. Yeah, because bordery also got a recap recently. Right. Yeah, so uh, everyone loves bordery, but um, Candace and Lori want to do the 350K for a shared 10%. Yes, and Becca counters for 6% with 1% advisory shares. And if I knew what that meant or remembered what it meant, I would tell you, but I don't. But they do agree, which was such a wholesome, happy moment. I was very yeah. happy. I was too. I was too. I think I hope that they all go into business together. I. Will not be surprised if we see bordery carrying fishwife. And yeah, I freaking love it. And maybe, you know what? Maybe uh, this will help get her costs down so that it'll cost less. Yeah. It's to be such please. a treat. It's, it's a little expensive, Beck, as Mark Cuban calls Beck. her at the end. He goes, Congratulations, Beck. Um, which I liked. I was like, Wow, Beck. you're already on a, a nickname basis with her? All right. Even though you hate her products. <laughs> yeah. One more uh, comment I'll make about this segment um, is something I noticed, which I don't normally notice, is that Beck did not sweat a goddamn drop. And I noticed that because her shirt is so light and so close to her armpits. Yeah. And she kind of raised her arms at the end to do like a woohoo. And it was so dry. I was like, how the And she didn't even have any like pads under there, like soaking it all up. Which like, I would, by the way. Oh, my God. Well, you know, the real thing you do is you go get Botox in your armpits. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I would mean, have to. To do a she, Shark Tank yeah. pitch? I would have to have my entire body Botox to stop it from sticking. <laughs> too. You would just sort of, like, lumber in, like, very stiff-limbed. Yeah. Only your mouth moves. And then sweat would shoot out of my mouth because I had nowhere else to go. I want her, yeah, I want her to like arrive back at the green room and just like a pot, like a waterfall comes out of her nose. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah, no, she, zero desperation. It was like, clearly she knows how dank her product is. Yeah. I want to remember that attitude that she had and I want to take it with me to all things. Yeah, same. Um, before this, after the segment ends, before we break, 
There was a quick update on Bala. Not a lot to report here. Hopefully everyone knows what Bala is. It's those bangles that you put around your wrists that like add weight and so make your workouts more difficult. Um, I, I think they look cool. I, I Listen, if someone handed me like Bala bangles, yeah, I'd use them. Um, and they've made $64 million in total sales. So they're doing just fine. Let's take a break. Let's. <laughs> this is a segment that was foretold to us via me sleuthing way too hard on a, a still of Lori holding a notebook. This was from like maybe the first or second episode this season. Lori had, because they clearly like they shoot these in batches. And so this episode with Candace was shot on the same day with Sprinkle Lady Candace was shot on the same day as the Sprinkle Lady Candace episode from the beginning of the season. So so at one point, I look at Lori's notepad, and I see what I think scribbled on her notepad is the phrase, dingle dangle. <laughs> and I believe we we posted an Instagram yes. uh, post about it and said, what is dingle dangle? <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this mystery. And now we're at the bottom of this mystery. And now we're faced with Dingle Dangle. And Sylvie called me last night <laughs> to tell me about it. I was freaking out. I mean, look, is part of me disappointed to get to the bottom of this? Yes, because the idea of Lori just writing the phrase Dingle Dangle, like for <laughs> no, funsies on her too. notebook, is so, like, oh, brings me so, so much rich. joy. It was, I, it, it was what I hoped, honestly. Yes. For a few weeks, we lived in a fantasy of, like, you know, <laughs> Lori's version of Lorem Ipsum is Dingle Dangle. Dingle Dangle Dangle is shorthand for something in Lori Granier's life. It's it's when the producer is like, all right, guys, like act like you're taking notes. We need B-roll of it. Dingle Dangle. She's just Dingle Dangle, Dingle Dangle. So unfortunately, it's not that. Um, But it was really fun to see it come around full circle. So. Dingle Dangle is a little product from Stuart from Boca, who is asking for $75,000 for 20%. Good sign. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't even want to describe this because I hate it so much. So the other reason why this was like a stunning uh, segment was – when so Stu was trying to tell us about what it's like to change a baby's diaper and Ugh. that they're always wriggling and moving around and distracted and their butts all over the place when you're trying to cover it up with a diaper and wipe it and all that gross stuff. Uh, and he likens it to wrestling an alligator, which was which also weird. Like, which made me feel like okay, the simulation is really getting lazy right now. I. Was having okay, so also like, I I miss uh, I miscalculated my edible dose last night, <laughs> and so as it's hitting harder than I really wanted it to, he's saying dingle dangle, and I was like, wait, what dingle dangle? Like that's unlocking wrestling something. An alligator. And then he goes dangle. wrestling an alligator, which is the name of the documentary I've been working on for one thousand years. Dingle dangle wrestling an alligator. Sylvie Graco. I was like, what is it happening? <laughs> I wrote all caps, what? (laughs) Sylvie watching at home in Fairfax. Yeah, it was really, really weird. It was like, and the baby's name is Sylvie. Like, 
What's like, going on? I was like, Sylvie's going to freak out. I, you know, was, I was watching out. it and a part of me was like, I hope Sylvie's not high while this episode of the segment <laughs> comes on. Not only was I getting high, I was getting too high too fast <laughs> because I ate what I thought was a, a 5 MG. It was so tiny. Oh, and alas, it was a 10. Was, oh this boy. after weeks of abstinence. That's tough. Uh, so, okay, so let me describe Dingle Dangle so you don't have to. <sighs> Dingle Dangle is a stupid headband that you wrap around your head, and then you attach basically an arm, like a like a soft arm, probably made of like, I don't know, looks like a dildo, honestly. So it's probably it, made of like I, a soft mm-hmm. rubber or plastic or something. And at the end of the arm that sticks out of your head is like a little toy. And you wear it while you're changing your baby's diaper so that the baby has something to look at and be like amused and entertained by. It almost looks like those like um, those jester or the the elf hats in A Christmas Story where it's Mm -hmm. just the single bell and bobble out of the hat that kind of juts out. It's like that, but like less creepy and more of like a child's toy. And then you can remove the dildo arm and reconnect it to itself and make like a rattle out of it. But like really the purpose is like this this thing that distracts babies or keeps them calm allegedly while you change their diapers. Yeah, I can't emphasize enough how phallic the shape of this yeah. dingle dangle is. Weirdly, all of the sharks are like super into it. Like he really does this into demonstration it. Really and into Mark it. Cuban goes, that was fun. Like, was it, Mark? Damon like, puts it on and yes. walks around with it. Damon is having a fantastic time wearing it. He's pretending he's at, like, a club. It's actually hilarious. Yeah, that was – I did like that. So, yeah. So, no, I, I was also surprised at how much the sharks were into it. Um, and then we kind of hear about the sales. He sort of made, like – he started in 2022, and now, like, they're up to, in 2023, like, projecting, like, $185,000 or something. For, I don't even know. They're making like a few hundred thousand dollars a year. If this really worked and solved a huge issue, he would have done more than like $40,000 in sales I agree. And what's what's interesting is he's really positioning this as a gift. He's not positioning this as like something that you buy along with like a bassinet or whatever, like a utility that parents buy, which I thought was surprising. They've clearly done like one study that, you know, spit out some result that was like gift givers are 4% more likely to buy Dingle Dangle. And now he's like, this is a gift. Um, And with that in mind, he kind of starts to go down this road of like licensing, which was so perplexing to me. (laughs) The idea that like right now he has like a few different toys that you could swap out for the end thing that hangs off the other end of the dildo that's not connected to your head. But (laughs) he's like, uh, imagine like a Dallas Mavericks something at the end of this. And I was like, what? That is like the worst direction to go in ever. No baby is going to care. Candace agrees with you because she cites that as the reason that she's out. (laughs) He, as soon as he talks about licensing deal, it cuts to Candace and she's just shaking her head. (laughs) Just their mouth is just straight line. (laughs) She makes some comment about like, she works in like early childhood development or something. And I'm sure like some part of her was like, what? Like, do we – brands for kids? Like, I they don't know what that is yet. Like, why yeah. would that it, be – That made no sense to me. Like, if, because if it's – you know, if they're so hell-bent on this being, like, 
the appropriate sensory experience for a baby. Like no, like no professional sports team is going to allow you to like mess with their logo in such a way that makes it like favorable for baby eyes. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't like, it doesn't compute what they're just going to like hang like a basketball with the Dallas Mavericks logo on it. It just, it was confusing to me. It's weird. A lot of people pass. Yeah. It just feels like Stu has not made all the right decisions, but you know, it's an interesting product, but like, yeah, he just doesn't seem like it's, it's going to go far. So yeah. So he's, he's not really getting a, a deal from, from first glance with the it feels It feels like it's one of those products that like you go over to a friend's house and they're like, oh, we've solved like, you know, your fridge not closing all the way by doing this or something and like yeah. this rubber band. And it's like, okay, oh, that's good for you guys. Like that right. works for you guys. That's right. clever. But it doesn't mean it's going to like work for everyone else or everyone else wants it. Kevin, who originally went out because he, quote, does not have a baby, comes back in. <laughs> this was hilarious. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I'll do the deal, but I want a dollar a unit. And Stu says, deal. And they start celebrating. They play the God music. Bless, God bless the editor. Yes, yes, <laughs> for yes. For playing the celebratory music. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that was short. Like, that was yeah. short segment. And then a little clarification happens because... <laughs> Kevin clarifies he's like in perpetuity and the guy was like wait what I thought it was just until I paid you 75k back then they cancel the music and Kevin walks back to his chair to continue negotiating it's it was so funny I think they did an actual like record scratch yes music fades back out and it and it's like it was very like a like control z control z control z moment Yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Stu, just sort of deciding what the one dollar royalty meant for himself. He he is like, uh, you didn't mean seventy five thousand dollars, and Kevin was like, no, I meant forever. And then Kevin was like, okay, how about five hundred thousand dollars? And then they make their way down to three hundred thousand dollars and actually get a deal. I was certain the first when as soon as that music scratched out, I was certain that there wasn't going to be a deal coming out of this, but. Supposedly there is. We'll see if it falls apart in the negosh. At least we solved the Dingle Dangle mystery. I'm with I you, know, though. I'm, the idea that it's her lore mipsum is very funny. Like, you know, in the words of the Leftovers season two theme song, let the mystery be. Mm. Let the mystery be. Let the mystery be. <laughs> <laughs> I just sing that sometimes. <laughs> such a good song it's so like perpetually applicable to so yes, many things truly I, yeah uh, who farted let right. the mystery be <laughs> <laughs> i have to confess something about this next segment please i found it a little boring Oh, really? Yeah, it was a little bit, it was the low light of the episode for me. I I mean, this was a stellar episode. So it I still was. think no, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, interesting segment. What really struck me about this segment is that I felt like I was, I, I fell in love with these gentlemen against all of my best efforts. I could not help falling in love with them. I was utterly charmed by these three. I came in. <laughs> They introduced themselves. I wanted to hate them. I was ready to hate them. And by the end, I was like, I just love these young men so much. And I'm so really? proud of what they've done. Really? Yes. Wow. This is a side of you um, 
I don't think I've seen and I was not expecting. Maybe this is my Connecticut showing. This, I was going to say, this is your sort of like, I don't know, you're, they're not wasps, but they're like. But they're well The children bred. of wasps. They're yeah, clearly they're like, yes, children. A California. Cow, cow wasp. <laughs> yeah. Cow bunch. Yeah. It's, we got Charlie, Chris, and Carson. Yeah, CCC. Uh, they're looking for $250,000 for 10% of Vibride. Vibride is basically just like a longboard that can break. <laughs> or a device that you can attach to your longboard to make it then break if you want to pay less money. Yes, yes. <laughs> B-R-A-K-E, uh, to slow down. So... <laughs> It explodes your longboard. <laughs> I was going to no. say, it's a longboard that when you use it, it shatters into a million pieces. Yeah, like breakaway glass. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of just pivot your heel and press it to slow down. They do a little demo. I don't know. I'm not a longboarder. Are you? No. Never, I don't even know what a longboard is. I assume it's just a <laughs> skateboard that's slightly longer. It's longer and the wheels are typically uh, like a little bouncier. Like, skateboard wheels are really hard. Okay. And longboards are meant to be a little bit more, like, all-terrain. Like, if you – the reason people skate in skate parks is because it's so smooth. Like, the surfaces Mm. are smooth. If you were just skating down an average L.A. sidewalk, you would die. Like, you would hit a crack and you would eat shit and die. A longboard could probably take it. Wow. Okay. See, maybe that's why I was so charmed by this because I know absolutely nothing about the the wheeled board <laughs> sort of industry community. Well, Mason is a bit of a, a longboarder, and he was watching this with me, and he was like, "Oh, I feel like if you already knew how to longboard, that would fuck you up." Probably. Oh, I like you would it. accidentally break. Yeah. So I'm sure. I'm sure that that's true. I'm sure that this is this like has to be for sort of burgeoning borders because I, like, yeah, to suddenly add a component to something that you're like really, really skilled at, I feel like would suck. Um, they do like, they do demonstrate on like a quarter pipe and he, you know, one of the, one of the C's heads up and he like <laughs> board, boards down it, skates down, boards down it and then stops really quickly, but like smoothly, which I was really impressed by. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just that like I'm always worried about the like skateboarders that I see all around me. And, and I like like the idea that like now there's an option where they can slow down. You do love safety. You I do have a passion safety. for safety. Mm-hmm. This is true. It's tested up to 50 miles an hour too. Like this is, you know, <laughs> this is safe. And I love that. It makes me feel safe. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's like a bad idea by any means, um, and I think that they're fine. I think you know what I think it is. I think it's like I'm surrounded by this person every single day living in mm. Southern California. Yes. So I'm like, whatever. The, like that's the, why it was a little boring to me. I think. Yeah. No, that's that makes a ton of sense because the three C's are cartoon characters. Like they, mm-hmm. every single one of them is like. The absolute, like, archetype of, like, a California guy, like, almost unintelligible in their speaking. You know, like, you know, you, you, you know, you love to longboard. And, uh, you know, it's just really important for me to, like, be safe. The, <laughs> the, like, guy who invented it is, like, no one I've ever seen before. I did not think people like that were real. No, they look like they stepped off of a rocket power yeah. cartoon storyboard. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of just, like, like you know, skated models. out of the frame, yeah. yeah. And here they are in front of us. They're mocap artists. I mean, 
yeah, here they are. And they're like doing great. These, these, these young men, uh, started their business. They started initially, they had like a drone company that they sold for like 3 million. And then the main, the main C, whichever C it was, Charlie, Chris or Carson, uh, like (laughs) invested all that into buying up all the patents of an existing longboard brake that they now sell at, uh, the brake kit is like $150 or it's $260 for the full board with the brakes. And then they have like a mid-grade version and like a low-grade version that's like almost reminds me of like the brake on like a roller blade. Um, but they're but like their margins are 63%. They have a ton of patents. Like they're just so competent. Maybe C stands for competent. Yeah, you do. Charming, uh, this charismatic, is, see, cartoon character. <laughs> now this is making more sense to me because like, you love safety. You love competence. Yeah. And I do. yeah, this is all starting to like it's and and the Californianess of them really is sort of like a foreign factor for you. Yeah, it's charming for me. It's right. it's like I felt like I went on vacation after watching this segment. I will also point out that one of the Chris's, whichever one it was, spent not only did he buy up all the patents, he spent $240,000 doing so, yeah. which is like a bold move. And it's one of those things where in this case, it seems like it was smart. All the sharks were like, oh, great idea. But I could just have easily seen like fucking Stuart from Boca and Dingle Dangle being like, I spent $100,000 buying up all the patents and everyone being like, oh, Stuart. Yes, yes. Oh, and then being what like, did you yeah, do? Yeah. <laughs> The like audible loud groan is so is like so quintessentially sharks, and it's so dependent on the person. It's so dependent on the person because I'm like, okay, wait, I don't, I don't know if we really got into like why that was such a good idea, but uh, it's like, oh, you just hate this person, right? Right. Mark says that he wants fifteen percent, and Charlie, I wrote down his name. Charlie is the one who says this. Charlie's just like, why, Mark? Why do you want fifteen percent? I'm curious, <laughs> instead of 10%. And I was like, oh, I was like, uh, I love you even more. But also, isn't the answer kind of obvious? Like, Mark was like, I have to ask for more than you guys offer. But like, I loved that they got him to just admit there is mm. no good reason. There is no yeah, compelling reason fair. why I'm one and a half Xing the amount of equity for the same amount of money right. other than I'm a shark and it's what I'm supposed to do. And I kind of loved that. I kind of loved that Mark was really like laid bare in that moment where he's like, right. well, it's just, it's what you do. And it's like, well, I thought you were like a businessman. Like, let's actually like think about this practically. And I was kind of surprised that Mark jumped on it so fast, but you know, they they make a deal at 250 for 12% and I'm happy yeah, I think it's a good fit. Yeah, it it Mark, even though he's, you know, like does not live in California, has a very California vibe. Yeah, I agree. And I think he would like get along with them really well. Yeah. I, I want to be specific that I think Mark has a NorCal vibe, not a, oh, a SoCal okay. vibe, but nevertheless, united in the state of California. Ugh, I am so happy for the people listening who understand that because I don't. Well, I love them, and nothing you say or do is going to change that, and I'm really happy for these young Cs. I'm so happy for you, and for the young Cs. They seem they seem great. I, yeah. Could I pick any of them out of a lineup? No. Like, no, no, even less than usual. Definitely not. But yeah. happy for them. Indistinguishable, but damn, am I proud. Let's take a break so I can pop down to Venice Beach and see if I can find any for <laughs> a quick interview. Okay, BRB. Should we dive into Heather's choice, which also really can't get behind that name? 
Yes. I. <laughs> when you heard the name Heather's Choice, what, what first came to your mind? I thought it was going to be like a sweatshirt company. Oh, interesting. Or like... <laughs> I don't know, like the, for for a product that is the most replicable, like run of the mill product, for it to be like, well, this is Heather's choice. I was like, like what a meaningless name. This name gives me no information. What was your what was your take? Looking at like Heather's choice, I felt like I was looking at a New York Times connections game where I don't like the board, where I don't really know how everything fits together yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking like, how does Heather's choice and Shark Tank, and this product imagery we're seeing. Like, how do these things fit together? Right. Because they can't possibly go together. <laughs> Yet, sure don't they like must. It. Like, Heather's Choice, yeah, I they mean, must. <laughs> I, I think we all think of one thing when we think of a possessive, like, name, and then the word choice after it, right? Like, we're thinking about Sophie, are we not? Oh, interesting. I wasn't, but now I am. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I just think it's like a weird thing to say. Yeah. I now now that you say that, that <laughs> yes. Maybe that's, maybe that's maybe unconsciously that's what I was resonating with and that's why I didn't like this segment, but yeah, you're so right. When you make it a a, a name, it doesn't it's not like, oh, like doctor's choice or no like, you're right it's heather's like choice science's choice or whatever the nature's choice it's heather's choice yeah. and again there's one other woman who's been asked to make a choice before <laughs> and her name is Sophie. oh my god oh my god that is so funny do not think of that at all Sophie. <laughs> Oh my god. Heather's choice is a now I cannot now I cannot say it. Oh, it's a real Heather's choice over here, whether it's to a proceed real or not. Heather's choice. Um so Heather's choice is a bagged camping entree company where it's like high-end ingredients that are gluten-free. So it's like a buffalo chili and like a whatever fancy little pasta thing. And it's just, it's like a, you know, it's a dehydrated meal that you pour hot water in when you're camping. Um, And then it rehydrates and it turns into a meal and that's it. And the sharks try some uh, and they, they're all really impressed with the flavor. The other product that Heather sort of throws in are these ones called packaroons, which again, not a name that I like. Heather really needs Mm. to work on the naming department. Mm. Um, packaroons, which are just like a coconut, like a coconut bar, like a coconut, you know, not protein bar, but just sort of like a calorie snack bar, um, which seems like the least interesting part of this entire brand because there are a hundred thousand versions of like a coconut treat that's individually wrapped and meant for like camping or hiking. Before we talk about the little cookie snacks of it all, which does play a like disproportionately large role in this pitch, Heather sort of starts her pitch by saying that when she's camping, she wants a meal that tastes like home. And I thought right there fundamentally, I don't agree with that. When I'm camping, I want either crap or I want something that is like charred because it was put over an open fire for too long. Like Mm -hmm. I don't go camping to recreate the experience of having dinner at home. I agree. And I also would like to point out that 
um, hunger is the best spice mm. mm-hmm. you can possibly mm-hmm. have. So all food, fun fact, tastes 20 <laughs> times better when you're camping because yeah, you're you have been hiking, presumably, and you are hungry. And yeah. so a little, like, cracker becomes the most delicious thing in the world. So, yeah, I don't – like, I'm sure it would be nice to have a, a, a better tasting option, but I agree it's not, like – that's not why people go camping. So, yeah. like, this already exists. It's not like, oh, no one figured out how to dehydrate food. Yes, exactly. Like, people know. People do it. Like, that's how she started doing it. Yeah, so, there are, like, two aisles of this at every REI. And also, like, oatmeal is already a fucking camping food. <laughs> it, you know. add hot water to it. So I that I really can't get behind. Yeah. And then we start th- – then things continue to get worse from there. This, Oof. by the way, we've peaked. We peaked when all of the sharks tried each of the products and said they were good. And everything is just sort of tumbling downhill from there. Because then we started to get into the money of it all. Um, she is not profitable. And she makes no attempt to seem like she is. She is super, we find out later why, but she is just kind of super down on, like, the numbers when it comes to Heather's choice and how it's selling. They made a million dollars in... 2022 but she they're they're super down and part of it is because they've been manufacturing in alaska yes and i i think they they did like a million dollars in revenue right right they didn't like make yes correct you're so so right revenue they they did a million dollars worth of revenue in 2022 so you're like oh that's pretty good and then she (laughs) reveals that she has a million dollars in debt yeah and she, like, starts crying, and Damon said she has no self-confidence, and she's, like, freaking out, and, oh, uh, this got really, like, psychological really fast. It's really dark, and she reveals that she didn't make payroll yesterday, which, like, also, like, what a mindfuck of an experience, like, even for Heather herself, to be, like, prepping for a Shark Tank yeah. pitch, to be on national television, and for your product to potentially blow up, and for these people to pick apart your business. And then the day before you're meant, you're meant to take the stage, you're not making payroll. And so like understandable that she's looking kind of down and seems like very fragile at the moment, but like, oof, like it, it, no one is excited about this. Candace, you know, people try and make her feel better about it. Candace, you know, is uh, saying that like, let's not limit your product to just camping because it's just a rehydrated meal she says my kids would love like to have this as a snack after school instead of like easy mac and i was like yeah candace like your kids are gonna have like a 16 dollar <laughs> rehydratable snack after after school but like uh i thought that was funny but i mean and everyone was like yeah don't like don't just like listen to the data here it was like similar to dingle dangle in this way they were like D- keep moving forward with these freaking meals because that's like that's where you have any potential left. But peeps be going out. Peeps be going out. like, And you know what? This is an interesting thing to kind of um, have in the same episode as Becca, who really reminds me that, like, yes, she has a successful product. And, yes, you get your own confidence when your thing is successful. Like, that's a huge part of it for sure. But also just that, like, Becca, I think, probably walked in to Fishwife, which used to be called Shrimp Girl. And <laughs> no, I, I saw that in the article. <laughs> yeah, she knew. She was like, 
whatever business she stepped into, she has the attitude of like, I'm a fucking winner. Like, and I'm confident and like that attracts more confidence. There is nothing that puts people off less than like not being sure of what you're doing. I think about this with directing all the time. And I feel like you and I have talked about this. Like any strong choice is better than waffling in front Mm -hmm. of people. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even need to be the right fucking decision. You just say it with confidence. And then if you say with equal confidence, you know what? Let's walk that back. I'm going to try red instead of blue. Like that is so much better. And, and Heather and her choice just have this air (laughs) of like not being sure of like what they're doing or what they stand for. Like what's good. It's not working. Energy's not working. She is beat down. The timing of this could not be worse. It's like, you know, it's the equivalent of like someone having like a death in the family and going on Shark Tank the next day. Like the timing is bad. And like, I don't blame her for being beat down, but this is, you know, it's not just yesterday. This is a payroll issue. Like this is not just sort of appeared suddenly. This is like an issue that she has had to deal. She's, needed to deal with for a very long time and it just escalated to the point of her not making payroll but i agree with you like it completely changes the tenor of a set or any space when you're coming in with confidence and like this these are potential business partners like this is someone who is is considering alleged you know at least in theory considering going into business with you and that's just not someone you want to go into business with and that's why it's called shark tank baby yeah. You got to be able to swim with the sharks. Exactly. And speaking of sharks, everyone's kind of out one by one and she's, you know, having a real emotional moment up there and I I feel for her, but Mark says one of the most devastating things yeah. that I feel Tough like I've love. ever heard. He goes, "Quote, I see somebody who's afraid to say yes." And I was yeah. like, "Ooh." Yeah. He's he's like, "You're trying to make it perfect." And you're failing because you're trying to make this perfect. You want you want very specific co-packing locations. You want very specific decisions on which products. Like he he ends up by saying, "Get out of your own head," which I, I do think is like good tough love advice. But like I don't know. I think at this point, Heather's choice is going to be whether or not to <laughs> sell this company for parts or just give up the ghost entirely. <laughs> It's that time. We have an abundance of great products to choose from here. And I would love to know which one you'd want to get your hands on. The Dingle Tape. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Look, I I got to I got to steal it from you and I got to go fishwife because That's fine. I have been a fan of theirs for so long. You really, you were an OG as fan. As you know, I was an you early were tr- You were a true blue OG fan and you deserve everything. Every fishwife Thank you. I was an early adapter. And you know what? It's like I'm wearing my Fishwife t-shirt right now (laughs) under my A24 sweatshirt. And that is because as much as I hate capitalism and think it is evil, I recognize that we live in a capitalist society. And when I can get genuinely excited about a brand, like an A24, like a Fishwife, I'm so happy I'm yeah. so happy, and I like supporting the brand. So, I agree. yes, brands, I want brands are the new sports teams. Brands are the new sports teams. I want the product. I want this oily, salty fish in my mouth, in my salads, on my toast, in my charcuterie boards. Ugh. But I also want to support Becca. So, yeah, me too. I'm taking that that fishwife, and I'm Instagramming it, and I'm tagging them, and I'm giving them free promo, yeah. and I'm telling all my friends. So, really furthering the brand. Yes, that's. Really generous of you. Thank you. 
Uh, I am left with Dingle Dangle, Vibride, and Heather's Choice. Listen, <laughs> I am not coordinated. So even with a break, like, you don't want me on any sort of board with wheels, okay? Uh, so I am, I'm left with a real Heather's Choice here. I feel like if you got, if you went with the vibe ride, like I can just picture every member of your family who is in the medical profession, just kind of like watching you, just kind of <laughs> yes. standing there, just ready to sort of like scalpel airlift at the ready. you to the hospital. <laughs> yep. Like, okay. Just leave the helicopter on, guys. <laughs> yeah. you, just, just let it hover. Just be prepared to throw down a ladder. <laughs> Because even swinging. with a break, it's not going to look good. <laughs> You're swinging around like that lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I am going to opt for the the meal plan, the camping meal plan that Heather, you know, is is choosing. <laughs> has has chosen. <laughs> it's a real fire sale. On those, <laughs> I, I know, right? I could probably get it on sale at this point. Some real high highs and some real low lows. <laughs> Make for a great episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back when we're back. We're going exactly on vacation right. together next yeah. week. So. so if you don't hear from us, bye. We died on the side of a mountain because we couldn't <laughs> find each other with our smart goggles. Bye. Bye. <laughs>